0: On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we bring in Gil Martin, the host of Locked On New York Islanders, to talk about Tuesday's game against the Florida Panthers, what had happened in the first 20 games versus the last 55, we talk about the legacy of Mike Bossy, who just recently passed, and we also discuss what the future looks like for the New York Islanders, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome to this walkover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast and the Locked On New York Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On New York Islanders podcast your first listen of the day. For everybody on the New York Islanders feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. I'm from PantherParkway.com and very pleased to uh, be chatting with the host of Locked On New York Islanders, Gil Martin. Gil, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Armando, how are you? I'm doing well. And for the people on the Locked On Panthers feed, um, if if, if, this is the, if this is a familiar voice that you're hearing of Gil, um, Gil does host the Monday and the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, where, of course, you've uh, probably heard my voice uh, on that show uh, here and there. And Gil, it's, it's, it's great to be chatting about both our teams on the not national level um, talk, um, as far as the show. So uh, let's just get right into it. Um, the New York Islanders, they've had a very tough season, um, 13 straight games on the road to start the season due to building their new arena in uh, Belmont park um, splits. Um, I was looking up a lot of the splits uh, five, 10 and five through the first uh, 20 games uh, points percentage of three seventy-five, um, And, but the last 55 um, their points percentage at five a 95 point pace. in from the last 55 games, of course, If you're looking at the standings right now, they're a lot. They would have been a lot closer to uh, making the playoffs, but still come up a little bit short about how their last 55 games have been. I mean, they were just recently eliminated on Sunday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, So my question is, um, who's been who's been the most disappointing player on the New York Islanders? And but also, despite not making the playoffs, who's been the most encouraging player on the Islanders this year?
1: Uh, I'll take the second one first. I think the most encouraging player has been Ilya Sorokin. And, you know, this is, he's been an all-star in the KHL, but this is really his second NHL season. And the first year he's gotten the majority of the starts. And, you know, the 927 save percentage, the 231 goals against average, the seven shutouts, uh, he has really showed that he is more than capable Of being a number one goalie in this league. And that opens up a lot of possibilities for the New York Islanders. As far as most disappointing, unfortunately, that would be a pretty long list if you go down uh, where the Islanders are at uh, as compared to where they were expected to be. Um, You know, I'm going to go with Kyle Palmieri, who has 14 goals and 31 points in 62 games. They signed him to replace Jordan Eberle and be on that number one line. He hasn't really worked out there and having one point every other game is not the kind of production you want from a top six forward. There are a lot of other legitimate candidates who are most disappointing, but uh, I'm going to go with Palmieri as my
0: yeah and Kyle Palmer uh, traded to the New York Islanders from the New Jersey Devils in last uh, trade deadline um, a, a move that really earned Lou uh, Lamarello the the GM of the Year last year in two straight um, conference finals for the um New york islanders um, uh, the, These two teams, the Florida Panthers and the new york islanders they uh, faced each other just two years ago in the Stanley Cup bubble. Simeon Varlamov was outstanding, but also the defense of the New York Islanders was outstanding as well. Just looking back at those game logs prior to our recording, the Florida Panthers didn't even get up up to 30 shots on goal on Simeon Varlamov, let alone challenge him. Only gave up three goals once, and that was in their their one and only game that they won. So with Simeon Varlamov, there was rumors about him possibly being traded. I mean, there's a um, there's a seven-year age difference between Varlamov and Sorokin, so it looks like that Sorokin's gonna be the guy, a, a former third-round pick um, for for the Isles, and then de- how how he's developed into being that number one. Um, even though after this year, um, Var- Varlamov will um, will be a UFA in a, in two years. Um, what what's it looking like as the future for Simeon Varlamov?
1: You know, Lou Lamorello.
0: He's very good at keeping things close
1: to the vest. But what he has said publicly is that he would prefer to keep Simeon Varlamov. Look, you need two goalies in this day and age. It's very hard with the 82-game schedule to get away with having just one legitimate goalie. But I wonder, it makes more sense. He has a $5 million cap hit. That's a very big cap hit for even a one B kind of a goalie, even if you don't want to call him a backup, um, I think the Islanders could save two, three million dollars in cap space, get something back for Varlamov, bring in you know a backup goalie who they could pay two million dollars a year, let's say, uh, to play thirty games as opposed to you know forty that uh, Varlamov is doing and fill the two needs this team really has right now and that is a puck moving defenseman and a sniper. I mean this team doesn't have too many legitimate 30 plus goal scorers on their roster and you know if they could bring in that guy the team with Matthew Barzal on the top line I think you're you're making this team that much better.
0: Yeah and and just seeing um seeing some of the the numbers for um the, the Islanders. Um Brock Nelson is almost at forty goals, thirty-four goals. Um, Anders Lee, welcome back to the, the captain um Anders Lee um as well. Um bouncing back after an injury riddled uh season last year. But outside of that, it hasn't really um been there for the New York Islanders. We we all know this um this Islanders team as a defensive team. Um, but just the offensive firepower of these last two seasons, I, I mean um there's only so much you can do as much as i was, personally i was rooting for the new york islanders against the tampa bay lightning of course two straight Shocker. seasons but um yeah um just uh when of course the lack of scoring and going up against someone like andre Vasilevsky, um it's it's going to be really hard to defeat and it's crazy because they even got to a game 7 just 2 years ago um uh, as as well um but I heard you talk about on your show uh, yesterday about Mike Bossy. I listened to your episode. Um, but just for a, a minute or two, um, to the Florida Panthers fans who, who heard about Mike Bossy's passing, tell, tell them what Mike Bossy meant to the Islanders and the dynasty years um, that was for the Islanders in the early 80s. Yeah,
1: I mean, Mike Bossy, one of the best pure goal scorers I've ever seen in the NHL. And he joined the Islanders in 1977-78. And they went from a very good team that had a sort of outside chance of winning a Stanley Cup to a team that was a legitimate Stanley Cup Cup contender. And by his second season with the team, they they would have won the President's Trophy if it existed back then, but uh, it it hadn't come into into existence just yet. But here is a guy who, in ten NHL seasons, went over fifty goals nine times, and the only time he didn't top fifty goals in a season. Uh, he only played, you know, 63 games. I think it was because of a bad back and he had like 38 goals. So here's a guy who just had a very quick release, uh, a very accurate shot and sort of took the Islanders offense to the next level when he joined the team and ended up, you know, winning rookie of the year, his first year called a trophy, won a con Smythe trophy when the Islanders won one of their four cups and, uh, really just. Sort of solidified their offensive credentials, I guess, from that point forward.
0: Yeah, uh, Mike Bossy, an Islanders legend, number number twenty two, holding onto the rafters uh, there at UBS Arena. Um, one final question before we uh, transition over to the second segment of the show: um, How are fans receiving the new uh, UBS Arena um, late this late into the season for the Florida Panthers to be making their one and only visit there? Um, But how are the fans receiving uh, that new place, the new barn?
1: Uh, The new arena has been
0: mostly positive responses. I mean, parking has been
1: an issue because the parking lots weren't completely finished. They were still doing some work. So there were shuttle buses and, but but those are logistical things that will be hopefully worked out over time, but the sight lines are really good. It's a noisy building, just like the old Coliseum was. And that's always uh, important. And, and I think, the atmosphere, you know, it's starting to take on its own atmosphere. A little winning would give it a little bit more personality and history, but that'll come in time.
0: Yeah, and thirteen straight road games uh, to start the season as as they were um as they were starting their season, um, getting ready for the arena to be finished. Um, we're likely gonna see that same situation next year with the Arizona Coyotes as they're um looking into um getting into their new arena. And that's just really hard on players and um of course, next year with the schedule set up, um, the Islanders will probably be in a better position that they're not worn out from all the uh, road games that they had and and just the mental aspect of it. The players and Barry Trotz won't make those excuses, but I can make the excuse for it for them, for the, for the Islanders. It, it takes a it takes a big toll on 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 a team when when you start off with that.
1: It, it does. And, and you, you also have to know that, like, sometimes for uh, a team like the Islanders, you know, you could have road games. At the Rangers or at the Devils, where it's not that big of a trip, you know, even the Flyers is like a bus ride. But uh, these were not those kind of trips. We, you know, the Islanders were off to Western Canada and off to St. Louis, and you know, all these other places that were not close by. In fact, I think there was a Florida and Tampa Bay trip in that. Mm. So, you know, they they didn't have the one-hour train ride or even the one-hour flight to Boston or Washington. These, These were road games you know that involved a lot of travel.
0: The yeah, they actually saw the Florida Panthers twice um during that during that uh, 13 game um um 13 game road trip to start the season. So, um definitely probably we're likely going to see a different Islanders team um this time around in their third and final matchup of the season. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where Gil, Gil is going to talk to me about um ask me Florida Panthers related uh questions, but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and bet online is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info find all the latest sports development league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and stanley cup playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action bet online where the game starts Continuing on on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On New York Islanders podcast. So now I'm going to give Gil the floor on this on this segment of this crossover edition. All right.
1: Well, uh, first of all, Armando, I mean, your team is looking pretty darn good. One hundred and fourteen points already in the conversation for the president's trophy. what would you say is the one biggest factor in this team's success even considering the fact that they had to change coaches
0: mid-season balanced scoring that that's really it's more than just the one line now um and it's 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 funny because i mentioned in the last segment about how the florida panthers and this and the new york islanders team uh, faced off against each other but also what comes down to where the Florida Panthers face the Islanders. Now there's so much turnover on this roster. I mean, just looking at the roster that the Florida Panthers had in, in just 2018, um, excuse me, 2019, 2020 you're, you're, Um, just a few names to list out. Henry Porsche Brian Boyle, uh, Josh Brown, Brett Connolly, Evgeny Dodonoff, Eric Holla, um, Mike Hoffman, who was the leading scorer in that series. Um, and I'm I'm not going to name all of them, but like more than more than half of that has been turned over. I mean, that was Coach Q's uh, first season, of course, changing coaches, uh, GM in the second year of Coach Q's uh, tenure, um, right before he was let go. Um, and just uh, creating that balance score. I mean, Sam Reinhart, when he was originally traded to the Buffalo from the Buffalo Sabres to the Florida Panthers, he started off game one on that top line with Alexander Barkoff and Carter Verhage. Within a period, he was shifted down, and Anthony Duclair was back on that top line. And it's been really, um, and Sam Reinhart hasn't really had too many uh, top six minutes uh, uh, since really. Um, here and there, spot spot times, but he's been re- now on that third line on that right wing, along with Anton Lundell and Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment was just a great find by the former GM of the Panthers, Dale Talon, But this coaching staff has been able to implement Mason Marchment's um, game. Um, as one of the leading uh, scorers for 60 minutes, um, Mason Marchment. Um, so the little bit amount of ice time that Marchment gets, um, he's producing. And, of course, he had a beautiful backhand assist as he was um, drawing to the outside. More Sider was covering him. He gets it to Sam Reinhardt, speeds through the zone as the trailer, and then gets one in as well. And just it's been different contributors. Um, the fourth line just the other day was just um, um, finding ways to score as well. So it's been balanced scoring outside of Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov. It's been, it's been the, the Reinhardt. It's been the Bennetts. It's been the Duclairs, who now has uh, more than 30 goals uh, for mm-hmm. the first time in his career after jumping from uh, different teams. And it's just been improved goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky. It's not, it's not where exactly where the Florida Panthers want to be in the goaltending department, but there's a better feeling this year going into the playoffs than it is um, last season.
1: One one guy who I always thought it was a little underrated nationally, at least, is Mackenzie
0: Weger. Talk to me a little bit about his contributions to this team. Oh yeah, he's um, I, I he's always uh, taking the puck away and creating something going the other way, and that is uh that is your top pairing defenseman, um, playing uh, top line minutes, uh, seventh round pick, um, uh, six picks away from the last pick, and uh, he's always creating uh, turnovers going the other way, and of course. Mackenzie Weger is uh has made a lot of mistakes as well, um, turning it over to the other team as well, uh, here and there, but has really made up for it for for creating takeaways as well. Um, him and Anton Lindell at one point, um, before Anton Lindell went down uh for uh for an extended period, uh those two were two of the top three players in all of the NHL and takeaway. The only other player um there at the time was Alec Martinez of the Vegas Golden Knights, but then he had his injury um, as well. So there was a point where that they were they were both in the top three as far as takeaways. And just um, when when you get out when you get out um, of the zone and you uh, dump dump the puck as well, and you're using the speed to your advantage, uh, get um, getting uh, good zone entries as well. That that really creates uh, for uh, a lot of uh, opportunities up front.
1: No doubt about that. Look, goaltending is always a big key in the playoffs. You need a hot goalie if you're going to go on that long run. Sergei Bobrovsky, you know, he's looked very good at times, at times not quite as good. But one thing I like looking at the numbers, you know, he's played 49 games. He hasn't been overworked. And Spencer Knight, his numbers are almost as good as Sergei Bobrovsky's. How do you view the goaltending situation for the Florida Panthers heading into the playoffs? And where do you think the coaching staff, do you think they'll go exclusively with Bobrovsky? Do you think they won't will hesitate to put Knight in
0: if they feel Bobrovsky is struggling a little bit? Where, where do you see this team going? It's Bobrovsky's net until said otherwise right now. Um, Spencer Knight has been up and down between the AHL and the NHL. Um, that's the luxury of a player being on their ELC when they're struggling. And that was um, really that happened mostly throughout the um, December and uh, January. Um, Got a few shutouts in AHL Charlotte. And then he got his uh, first shutout right before the trade deadline on the road game against Anaheim. And he's just been a lot better since uh, coming back. Um, And Bobrovsky, he was third star of the month in the month of March too. Um, And there was a, there was a 16 day period there where Bobrovsky missed time because he, while he was on the bench and Spencer Knight was starting in LA, uh, Bobrovsky took a puck to the face uh, and missed about a week. And uh, Bobrovsky also missed about a week in November as well. And uh, here's the difference between those those different injuries that Bobrovsky missed the week for um, at least, well, extended period at least. Um, Spencer Knight struggled the first time around um, in November, but then the second time around when Bob got hurt, uh, Spencer Knight did a lot better. So that's why that raises uh, the question of whether spencer knight could be the guy or not and at the time when the the first go-round people were wondering uh if uh the panthers should trade for a goaltender and the of course goaltenders take a lot of time to develop uh, i mean it, you see one in new york right now with uh with sorokin um being drafted in the third round and of course with a first round pick uh, there's a lot of expectations But also with a big $10 million cap hit for the other goalie, there's big expectations. So there's big expectations for both goalies. And of course, with the better seasons that they're having, and also the Panthers aren't allowing too many uh, shots on goal going the other way. They're controlling the possession. And most of the time they're spending in their own offensive zone. There are times where they'll outshoot the opposition by over 15 in a period. So wow. they're, they're taking a lot of pressure off their goalies. They're blocking a lot of shots as well. They're creating transition opportunities the other way. So that they're, the defense is a lot better in front of the goalie, and the goalies are responding to, to that as well. So one
1: last question I have for you for this segment. Uh, give me one player who is sort of flying under the radar who you think could be a key contributor toward a long playoff run for the Panthers.
0: It has to be Sam Reinhart for me, because half of his uh half of his goals have come on the power play, um as um, and he's never scored uh thirty goals um, um th- throughout his time in Buffalo, and um just that that guy who I've been calling a a pest in front of the in front of the net uh for uh, Sam Reinhart, and he's just been he's just been incredible, and he's just like and he's playing third line minutes with. Rookie Anton Lindell, um and Mason Marchman. That that is the if if you're gonna win a Stanley Cup, it can't just be those uh two lines for the Panthers. It's gonna be it's gonna be adding that third line, having a good uh top top nine as well uh for the Cats. And Sam Reinhart has definitely been a good um influence on someone like Anton Lindell, just 20 years old, and um Anton Lindell as well. That's another player. He missed 15 games and he's almost at 20 goals. He's three three. A, a few goals away uh from getting 20 so he's definitely uh contributing and another another un- and another um honorable um uh, mention as well um um Anthony Duclair as well um I know it's easy to say Barkoff huberto and Claude Jrue where Claude drew has 16 points in 13 games um, only, but um only uh three of them have been uh goals uh so, but Anthony Duclair as well um using his speed to create opportunities and of course when Barkov has the puck, a lot of people, like a lot of players, uh, get guilty of puck watching, and then before you know it, like what happened in Sunday against Detroit, Barkov gets a cross ice pass, and then um, Anthony Duclair converts on a one timer, and nobody picks him up, and even um, Alex Nedukovic couldn't uh, draw to his left uh, fast enough. So that that's the luxury of having Barkov on 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 your on your same line. He makes other players better.
1: Always a key, come, especially come playoff time. Uh, before we get to the third segment, I wanted to talk to you about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you or local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, Right, Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
0: And welcome into this final segment of this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On New York Islanders uh, podcast. Um, By the way, um, the Florida Panthers did practice today at UBS Arena, but there is no word on who the goaltender will be for the Florida Panthers um yet we'll find out in during a morning skate um spencer knight does turn 21 years old uh at midnight um when this <laughs> recording um drops george richards of florida hockey now did tweet saying he might uh party a little bit so he's gonna assume that it's gonna be bob tomorrow so uh, a good point <laughs> by uh george richards uh there on on who might or might not uh start for the panthers but um i saw that um Simeon varlamov uh, might be sick um yeah. for the for the New York Islanders, so it looks like it's gonna be Ilya Sorokin again for the um Islanders who started in the first uh, two games of this uh season series was pulled after the third period in the second um go round for the Islanders. Um but I this is a, this for this segment, uh, I was talking with Jack Bushman, the um the host of Locked On Blackhawks, when we did our crossover talking about the four stages of building a contender. Even though Right now, for the New York Islanders, they're not making the playoffs this year. I still think, even though they can still get a, a more more goal scoring to help them out and to help their their defense on the other side, the Florida Panthers at one point were the opposite; they were scoring a lot of goals but not defending well. Um, I still think New York is at the third stage of building a contender, and I don't think this is a hot take at all, Gil. Um, but if the New York Islanders let Barry Trotz go after this season, they are crazy for doing it. He will be hired right off the bat by another team, and I don't. And I think, despite the circumstances this season, I think I think Barry Trotz's job is safe in New York. I think so too. Uh, first of all, Lou Lamorello is not about
1: to let him go. So I mean, uh, Lou is sold on Barry Trotz, and understandably so. The resume speaks for itself. Stanley Cup winner. Uh, what is he third or fourth all time winner among coaches in the regular season? Uh, I don't blame Barry Trotz for what happened this year. You you sort of had a perfect storm with the 13 game road trip, and then you know to start the season, and then you're playing uh, games where you have seven, eight, nine players out of the lineup because of COVID in November and into early December. You take away those games, as you said at the opening of the season, the Islanders are fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot. So overall, I, I think you know again, just a couple of tweaks here and there next year, and I think this Islander team can be right back in the hunt. And and one of the advantages that the Islanders have come playoff time is they play a playoff style of hockey under Barry Trotz all year long. There's really not an adjustment. You know, a lot of teams they play a more offensive style during the regular season, and then come May, they all of a sudden want to play a different style. The Islanders play the same style all year round. It it is a defense first playoff style hockey. This team is built for that. And I think that Lou Lamorello knows the little things he needs to do to make things better. But I agree, Barry Trotz is is pretty safe right now.
0: Yeah, and um Lula Morello has a little bit to work with, with a lot of the defense core right now for the New York Islanders. Um, a lot of them are, are hitting uh UFA status. So they have a little bit of cat space to work with. Um, um, not, not, not too much. Um, some, some don't have that many. So um, the Lula Morello is going to work with uh, what he's got to see, to see, including, including a uh, 45 year olds is Dano Chara. Um, as, as far as the, as far as the, um, as far as the trade deadline, um, the New York Islanders seem to have a quiet trade trade deadline, but and it's funny because Lula Morello, um, I I was reading an article, I'm like, how he doesn't like the term buyers or sellers because it's disrespectful to other teams. And I never really actually thought about that because these players go to the rink every day. No players don't tank. That's just the truth. They don't players don't. So it, it's just it's just a different perspective of seeing like how team building is and how hard it is to build a contender, especially especially when you made the Eastern Conference Finals two um, two straight years and then you have one year where where it's just not working out one year. Yeah, it, it is tough when that
1: happens, but you know it was sort of a perfect storm, and I think you have to take stock of what's on your roster and you know, I don't think this team needs to be, uh, stripped down and built back up. I think they need to be tweaked just a little bit here and there. Uh, and I think that would make a big difference coming up next year. What about your, your situation? I mean, you guys are at the pinnacle right now. One of the best teams by record in the league. First of all, how important
0: is a long playoff run for the psyche of this team? It's, it's very important. And, um, Eastern Conference Final is um, is the minimum for at least for my expectations, but the hard part about where the Florida Panthers are at right now is the amount of draft capital they gave up in the most recent trade deadline: a 2023 first for Ben Schratt, a 2024 first for Claude Drew, um, and of course Owen Tippett going the other way, um, Ty Milanich going to Montreal in the in the Chirot trade. Um, but, of course, getting Frank Fertrano, um, um trading Frank Petrano for an asset to create ammunition for another trade, um, using um, Aaron Eckberg's LTIR space to get a six-round pick out of it as, as well. Um, but this is the year to do it because um, not only did you give up that much draft capital, but the players you brought in for, for a long playoff run, uh, those are expiring deals Cla- there's rumors about Claude Drew possibly going to Ottawa this off season. Um, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Ben Sherratt. and the the thing that is ho- clouding over the Florida Panthers if they don't win the Stanley Cup is they they don't have that much cap space to work with with uh, the majority of Keith Yandle's buyout being on the books next year so that that means that this is the time to do it because of course they have a lot of they have a lot of players still under term. Carter Verhage is making one million dollars uh, this year, but next year it's going to jump up to over four um, next year. So that he's getting paid. Alexander Barkov's first year of his uh, eight-year deal kicks in next year at ten million dollars. Um, Huberto will still have one more year on his contract before he gets um, extended. So you're thinking about the cap situation there. Of course, Sergei Bobrovsky will still be on the book for four more years after that. Aaron Eckblad, which um, as well, um, three more years uh, for Aaron Eckblad, but his cap hit is great for, for what the Florida Panthers are working with. But it just really comes down to the money situation for the Panthers. If they don't win um, this year and they are making, trying to make moves to great uh, cap space next year, it's going to have to come at a cost of, of Brandon Montour, or Patrick Hornquist and all. But I, I think they might move them anyway, even if they win to try to run it back. But uh but if they don't, those are those are likely gonna be the the players who are gonna be um gone from this team um next year. It's gonna be
1: interesting and uh I, I think you guys have a real chance, the the Panthers, to to make that long run and maybe even win their first Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, and um yeah, and definitely and definitely um not a single playoff series since nineteen ninety six, um, and a few playoff appearances in between. Um they're their drought um of ten years of not making the playoffs was recently broken by the Buffalo Sabres. So that's not that's something not um over over the um their franchise anymore. So you got you got that, you don't have that record anymore. So now can you win a playoff series? It's it's helping that they're on their way to the number one seed in the East. Their magic number right now is five to get the number one seed. They could um they could get it as early as mm. maybe Thursday. Um mm. Um, against Detroit at home. um, so um, talk about, um, it'll be like a week left, and Andrew Burnett doesn't show any signs of slowing down. He's laser laser focused. he's he's always saying the right things based on not looking at standings. He says he doesn't look at standings. Um, so he he's just very focused on on the task at hand and just taking it one game at a time. I mean, he's also trying to get the interim tag taken off as well, yeah. which. I I tell I've said many times on this podcast that right now is not the time to right now is not the time to try to take off the interim tag or not let this season play out and I believe it'll happen either way but just let it let it ride out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean as of right now I'd say he's deserving but
0: obviously the playoffs are going to be the key. Mm, absolutely and 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 win around if 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 he wins one round I think he's staying um, but of course the expectation is to go further and further.
1: Yeah, as well it should
0: be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But Gil, I want to thank you so much for doing this uh, crossover with me on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Um, For my listeners, um, tell them where they can find you and your work online.
1: Well, uh, Locked On Islanders, wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. And then, of course, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at n y r v s n y i.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Gil. And for everyone on the New York Islanders feed, you can find me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And you can find Locked On Panthers anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Odyssey, and YouTube as well. So thank you so much, Gil, once again for doing this. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Cross Check NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark who will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode A Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Post Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. Follow Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. It's Armando Velez with Gil Martin. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, with your team. Every day.